0: As she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world,
1: Lord, let the perfume of your being fill our lives. In the early 1980s, or as my husband Leroy likes to say, in another century, (laughs) there was a mayor of Portland, who, like pretty nearly every politician ever, did and said some things that I approved of and also did and said some things that I really disliked. One time he said something that really hit me hard. Now this won't be a verbatim quote because it's been a long time. But he said in response, I think, to a discussion about some services for unhoused people whom he liked to call transients, well, he said, even Jesus said we'd always have the poor with us. Now, I have always had kind of a short fuse when it seems like someone's trying to say that their own Opinions and biases are actually coming from the mouth of Jesus or from God. Um, I know, I'm sure, that I have been guilty of that same thing. So I have to rely on you all to tell me if I do that. Okay. But going back, <laughs> um, I wrote a letter to the mayor trying to correct what I felt was his misunderstanding, and I decided I wasn't going to vote for him and. Some other people didn't, and we got another mayor, and life goes on. In our gospel story, though, is that mayor's interpretation what Jesus is really saying? What's the context, and what are the relationships within which Jesus speaks of the poor? For background, this story is just vibrating with deep emotion. Imagine with me, and this may be painful for some of us, so please forgive me or tune me out if it is. Imagine that someone dear to you, a close and beloved member of your family, sickens and then dies your own brother, the one you have known and looked up to all your life, and, remembering the times and the culture in this story, the only man in the household. Without him, in addition to losing someone you love so deeply, you and your sister have no one to protect you, You have no rights or income of your own. You have no one who will make sure that the family has food and shelter, to make sure that you are defended from thieves and worse. To make things the very worst they could be, your best friend, his best friend, your wise, loving, faithful friend, is nowhere to be seen until finally he arrives four days late and calls your brother out of the tomb alive again. Everything changes in a moment, everything. And now just a short time later, you're all together again giving a dinner for the friend who saved your brother. How must you feel? What, what can you possibly say or do to express your gratitude? Mary of Bethany takes a container of pure nard, an ointment made with the essence of spikenard, a rare and very costly herb. She pours this oil on his feet and dries them with her hair and the fragrance fills the house. I love that image. The fragrance fills the house. Now there is another account of this same event in the Gospel of Mark where the woman is not named and she pours the nard on his head. So, from head to toe, Mark to John. In that telling, Jesus' defense of her is expanded, and he says, She has done a beautiful thing to me, for you will always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do something good for them but you will not always have me. I think that's the key. Not Judas and his sins and his his accusations, but what happens when deep gratitude and overflowing love come out abundantly? Mary loves Jesus extravagantly. She holds nothing back. She is filled with her sense of the sacred love he has shown to her whole family. And she turns to action, not to words, not to financial accounting. And Jesus honors that action and recognizes it is both her message of love and her farewell. Jerusalem will be a fatal destination for Jesus. And he sees and receives the tribute she offers him without having to weigh in on whether a sacrificial act toward Jesus is better or worse than one to the poor or maybe the same thing. Any day we want, we can create a moment where the poor, the mentally ill, the refugee, the lonely, despairing one, can be given tangible evidence of love, of care, of honor and tenderness any time we want. We can be generous, we can be kind, we can give up something we don't really need so that someone else can survive can feel cared for, respected. We can love extravagantly, letting the sweet aroma of love bless the space between us. And when we do, dear friends, Jesus participates in that gift of divine love as well as in that receiving. I want to close with some words from Henri Nouwen about a kind of extravagant love. He says, God loved you before you were born and God will love you after you die. This is a very fundamental truth of your identity. This is who you are. Whether you feel it, were not. You belong to God from eternity to eternity. Life is just a little opportunity for you during a few years to say, I love you too. Amen.